Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has met leaders of Qatar and Jordan as part of his Middle East tour aimed at preventing the spread of the Israel-Hamas conflict. Maldivian President Mohamed Moise is paying a state visit to China this week. And a piece of a Boeing aircraft fuselage that blew off mid-flight has been found in Portland. We start with the Middle East. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is back in the Middle East, hoping to prevent the Israel-Hamas conflict from spreading as fighting enters its fourth month. He spoke about humanitarian aid for Gaza and the future of the territory during meetings with the Emir of Qatar and the King of Jordan. Meanwhile, the Israeli military has signaled an end to its major combat in northern Gaza, saying it has completed dismantling Hamas's military infrastructure there. Isabel Debris with the Associated Press has more. We have seen U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken in the region. He met with Jordanian officials, including, of course, King Abdullah II in Amman. And then he traveled to Qatar, which has been a major mediator so far in the conflict between Israel and Hamas. And as a result, we heard him speaking with the Qatari prime minister. Let's hear what he had to say there. We share a commitment to ensure that the conflict does not expand. Uh, And I think we also share a commitment to use the influence, the relationships, the ties that we have with different parties in the region to try to avoid escalation and to deter new fronts from opening. Many different topics were on the agenda, and one of the most important was how to pressure Israel to scale down its ground offensive. Of course, that has been wreaking such destruction across the Gaza Strip, how to make it shift into a new phase. The second issue really was about humanitarian aid. We are seeing over 1.5 million people in the southern town of Rafah. Really, levels of starvation are approaching famine conditions. There just is not enough humanitarian aid getting through. And the third issue is really what happens even after the war. It sounds early to discuss, but of course, we are hearing worrisome threats from Israeli ministers, according to the United States and other allies, saying that they should, the Palestinians should be resettled, that Israeli settlement should continue in the Gaza Strip, should actually be revived there. No matter what happens there, certainly it is important to mention that Lincoln, Biden, definitely need regional buy-in. This war is grinding on even as the Israeli military has wound down most of its troops in northern Gaza after saying that it has achieved nearly full Israeli military control. We are seeing it pressing its offensive in the central Gaza Strip as well as the southern parts. That was Associated Press correspondent Isabel Debris. Al-Aqsa is the only hospital that remains open in central Gaza. Health authorities say Israeli drones opened fire on the facility that is sheltering a large number of people. The head of the World Health Organization says the strike has forced hundreds of patients and medical workers to leave. Noor Harazin reports from the hospital. I am now inside the Shuhada Al-Aqsa Hospital. Let me show you the situation now inside the Shuhada Al-Aqsa Hospital. And this happened after now the Israeli incursion has reached the land uh, opposing the Salah al-Din uh, street, which is next to the hospital. They fired uh, live bullets towards the premature baby uh, building. The doctors have left everything here behind. And many of them, they left because as what they say, the doctors, they don't want to make the mistake of the Ashifa hospital. This is just to, to, to show you how 
the situation inside the Shuhada Al-Aqsa Hospital uh, now. Uh, many people who were inside the hospital, they evacuated, fearing for their safety. But still, until now, the hospital is housing hundreds of people who were injured, who were patients, and they need medical treatment. That was Noor Harazin in Gaza. In China, Moldavian President Mohamed Moise is paying a state visit to China this week. He's scheduled to meet Chinese President Xi Jinping and other leaders, including Premier Li Qiang and top legislator Zhao Leji. The presidents of the two countries will also attend a signing ceremony of cooperation documents. This is President Moise's first state visit since he took office last year. China and the Maldives are partners under the Belt and Road Initiative. Now Huang Yue takes a look at some major outcomes of that cooperation framework and at the bilateral relationship. China noted that over the past 10 years, the bilateral relations have developed deeply. Uh, the two sides have achieved fruitful results in jointly building the Belt and the Road Initiative and practical cooperation in various fields. So latest data shows that in 2022, bilateral trade reached over 451 million U.S. dollars. China mainly exported building materials, machinery and equipment and communication equipment to Maldives, uh, Maldives while Maldives mainly exported aquatic parts to China. And of course, when talking about the Maldives, uh, the first word that pops up is tourism. From 2010, China was the largest source of uh, tourists to the Maldives for 10 consecutive years. And nearly 300,000 Chinese tourists uh, visited the Maldives in 2019, accounting for around 17% of total tourist arrivals that year. And a mutual, a mutual visa exemption policy between the two countries took effect in February 2023. And another important thing that's worth mentioning is the China Maldives Friendship Bridge, which is known as a flagship project under the Belt and Road Cooperation. Uh, the bridge was officially opened in late August 2018 with a designated service life of 100 years. And the Maldivian President Moise once said that this bridge has changed the lives of hundreds of thousands of people, both people living there and visitors, because it gave rise to bridge-related jobs in the country. That was Huang Yue on the Maldives' president's state visit to China. Turning to North America, U.S. investigators say a teacher in Portland has found in his yard the chunk of a Boeing 737 MAX 9 aircraft that blew off during the flight. The Federal Aviation Administration has grounded 171 Boeing jets installed with the same fuselage door plug after the Alaska Airlines plane made an emergency landing. Karina Mitchell examines the implications of this incident. It was a terrifying moment for the 177 passengers and crew on board Alaska Airlines Flight 1282. Shortly after takeoff, a cabin panel from the plane ripped off, leaving a gaping hole in the aircraft and forcing the pilot to make an emergency landing. The airline says the Boeing 737 MAX 9 had just reached an altitude of about 4,880 meters after taking off from Oregon en route to California when the harrowing midair event occurred. I woke up to the plane just falling and I knew it was not just normal turbulence because the masks came down and that's when the panic definitely started to set in. Officials say no one was seriously injured, but the incident prompted the Federal Aviation Administration to make the rare move of temporarily grounding about 171 Boeing 737 MAX 9 jets pending safety inspections on its mid-door cabin plugs. 
Some of the Boeing models impacted have fewer passenger seats and aren't required to use all of their emergency doors, instead filling them with plugs, like the inoperational door that blew off the Alaska jet. Kansas-based Spirit Aerosystems, which split from Boeing in 2005, confirmed it installed the door plug on the ill-fated flight that had only been in service for about two months. It's unclear if Boeing is to blame for the Alaska Airlines failure, but the maker has come under fresh scrutiny over the safety of its best-selling aircraft. Boeing was blamed for two separate fatal crashes tied to its 737 MAX 8 jets, which killed 346 people in 2018 and 2019. The incidents resulted in the models being grounded worldwide. By the time passenger flights resumed using its MAX jets at the end of 2020, the debacle cost Boeing about $20 billion. China only started flying MAX jets again in 2023. Boeing is cooperating fully with the Alaska Airlines investigation, but the latest failure involving one of its planes could throw up in the air hopes for the U.S. manufacturer to resume deliveries of its cash cow max aircraft to China, which have been suspended since 2019. That was Karina Mitchell reporting. Ten students from California are visiting China this week as part of a people-to-people exchange program. It will also consolidate the sister city relationship between Long Beach and Qingdao in Shandong province. Eddie Stiansen has more. Ten students from California State University Long Beach will visit Qingdao, China as part of a program that aims to provide more exposure to China among American students. I'm really looking forward to meeting the other students to uh, try some of the food in Qingdao. I hear the seafood is very good. During his visit to California last year, Chinese President Xi Jinping said China was ready to invite 50,000 young Americans to exchange and study programs over the next five years. It's gaining momentum, according to the coordinator of the Long Beach Qingdao Student Exchange Program. That one's really fun because that you get to grow a relationship with someone uh, you know, halfway across the world. And they, they get to talk about various topics such as like culture, food, music, or just everyday life. They could just chat and just get to know each other. Long Beach and Qingdao have been sister cities for nearly four decades, promoting cultural and business exchange activities. The president of the Long Beach Qingdao Association says the program comes at a perfect time. So they're going to know more about the culture. And it's perfect timing, right? Because it's right before... New Year, Chinese New Year, so they're going to see the University of Qingdao, the Polytechnic there, they're going to visit the port. So very uh, enriching uh, opportunities for for our members, for our students, and, and for us for a celebration in Chinese New Year. The exchange program aims to create so-called citizen ambassadors who appreciate the need for cross-cultural understanding. And it's hoped that seeds of these friendships could one day help strengthen ties between the U.S. and China. That was Eddie Stiansen reporting. Finally, in Africa, Houthi attacks on cargo ships in the Red Sea have increased economic pressure. Global shipping companies are avoiding the waters off the coast of Yemen, raising the cost of goods in Kenya and other countries in the region. Nick Mundimba reports from Nairobi. 
Commercial shipping has been greatly affected and the ports of Mombasa and Dar es Salaam are not receiving goods as usual. Now, 20% of world's container ships are avoiding the Red Sea. Instead, they are using and, of course, steaming around Southern Africa instead. Now, this is making the route longer and it's trickling down uh, to a commercial side of making things expensive here in Kenya. For example, car dealers have to deal with more days to receive the goods but as it is right now, the Houthi rebels are still continuing with their onslaught on these commercial ships, even as other international bodies and countries are trying to intervene. Higher cost of shipping and the cost of actually just making sure the ships are using longer routes is also a problem. The fuel prices globally have increased and this is making things even more expensive for countries like Kenya. So many consumers have to wait longer for their goods to arrive, which is catastrophic to their businesses. For example, as I mentioned earlier, car dealers, and of course steel in construction, is making even building in the country very expensive. The ships that have anchored along the Red Sea are waiting for the next move from international bodies to make sure that indeed they're not attacked by the rebels. That was Nick Mundimba on the cost of shipping as a result of Houthi attacks in the Red Sea. Recapping today's headlines. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has met leaders of Qatar and Jordan as part of his Middle East tour aimed at preventing the spread of the Israel-Hamas conflict. Maldivian President Mohamed Moise is paying a state visit to China this week. And a piece of a Boeing aircraft fuselage that blew off mid-flight has been found in Portland. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.